This episode of the Turf District Podcast is brought to you by Pod Power. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Overdue Fines. Overdue Fines is an Edmonton Public Library podcast. Bryce Crittenden and Carolyn Land host conversations about books, movies, music, pop culture, and other interesting news about Edmonton. It's a great way to learn more about what's happening at EPL and about how you can use your library card to access all of EPL's in-person and online services. To listen and find out more about Overdue Finds, head to epl.ca slash podcast. That's epl.ca slash podcast. Enjoy the show. Hey, fellas! We ain't gonna ever back down from nobody. I don't care who it is. This is a brotherhood. And if we stand strong together, we can't be denied. If one of us go down, we have another and another and another that's ready to fight. So let's hit this field and bang them. Bang them. Bang them. Somebody light me up. Time to huddle up. It's the Turf District Podcast. Huddle up to talk all things Edmonton Elks and a CFL, and we are a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and also a part of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I'm Andrew, and uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about tonight because we're really shy on information, but we still brought some people together to uh, have a bit of a chat, uh, and I see we have a few people in the YouTube uh, chats that are going to chat along with us, so thank you for joining the huddle so early. Uh, first, let's go all the way over to the west side uh, and bring in the one and only super fan, Mike. To do like west side gang signs now, is that how it works? <laughs> west side gentlers? Yeah. West Said, yes. <laughs> so like another good filler episode. So this will be good. Nothing yeah. Nothing to really talk about. So we'll just you have know, a lawn for a couple of minutes and it's done. We have a, we have a couple of games that we could break down quickly and then That's we're true. done, right? Yeah. That's oh, there was the those. player awards. Of course, we need to talk mm-hmm. about those. See, a couple of things. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's good. in bed early. It's <laughs> excellent. Nice. What are you drinking there tonight there, super fan? Uh, we got some uh, Japanese gin Ooh. that we uh, acquired. Yes. Someone brought it over. It was quite tasty. I think you might agree. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree. It was one of the best things about our Tuesday night because the game was really not that great, but the gin was outstanding. Uh, you know, it was a win. Yeah, that's true. There's a win. Oh, and... spoiler alert. Sorry, everyone. Oh, right. Yeah. Jumping ahead. Right. Jumping ahead. Yeah, that's right. But... Uh... We did have gin and we did have pizza and excellent company. So that was the that was the good part. Uh, <laughs> let's see who else is here now. You know who got uh, kind of dressed up for this one, super fan? All dressed up was nowhere to go. What? It's one commissioner, think- Kayla. Look at that. As a, Look. As a po- oh, you mean my background? I was like, what do you mean? I'm always fancy. 
Yeah. <laughs> One of us has to be. <laughs> that's that's why we have you here. You're you're our fancy meter because it's much better than the rest of us. But uh, look at happy. that lovely tree. Happy. Can't even see half the other half. Oh, look at this. Wow. Very nice. You can't even see my hallway. Just I'm telling you. The fireplace is a nice touch. I like that. Too bad it wasn't real, but it's all good. Is it the same? Looks lovely. Well, it's an old, really old house. So, but I think they took it out when they upgraded. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, when they didn't need coal. (laughs) <laughs> that's fair that's fair i uh i spent a lot of my day putting up uh, my christmas lights outside uh nice. and then i was able to tell nicole that today was the day that i truly realized uh that i was a 40 year old dad because the most exciting part was that i got new clips for hanging them off of the eaves troughs and they were um i was so excited like there was only one swear the entire time it's amazing oh no hearing what clips kayla are these? Oh, we can't hear Kayla. Okay, so now... Naturally. There. That would be because now Skype decided to go back to singular people. So I will fix that when we get to our guest. Let's talk to our guest. It was requested, could we mute Andrew instead? Perfect. Yeah, I'm on it. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Paul Reckner. Make sure Doug is not muted. I will make sure right now because you're going to bring in our guest, uh, former co-host and uh, one of the uh, longtime friends of the show, the one and only Doug McLean. There he is. How are you doing, Doug? Good, everyone. How are you all doing? Doing great. And look, see, I actually turned on your mic at the right time. so we. Can oh, look at that. Wow. That's amazing. Now, look at that fancy background behind you. It's like you're a fan of green and gold or something. Yeah, well, have, they haven't been thrown out the window, so I figure that's a positive sign. They're still here, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, it was probably, what, it was that like one more week before they flew out the window? So, uh... Yeah, maybe one a week at the rate we were going. Yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah, uh, tough season. And I know we've got lots that we're going to talk about as far as that's concerned. But uh, but let's catch up with you a little bit because you've been doing some uh, uh, U of A stuff as per usual, calling stuff. And, and, and how have you generally been? Yeah, good. Yeah, generally pretty good. Yeah, I've been doing some Canada West football. So last couple of weeks off in Saskatoon doing the Canada West playoffs, which was fun. The U of S trailed 16 nothing in ten, the 10, uh, 10 minutes into the first quarter on Saturday against Manitoba and then outscored them 45 to 1 the rest of the way to uh, give themselves a hearty cup and a trip to the national semifinal so uh, yeah I know it's been uh, a very odd but interesting Canada West football season but uh, yeah it's been it's been fun getting out calling some games yeah, that's that's fantastic and uh, yeah we love hearing you on that and uh, now I, I'm gonna trail back to the Elks for a minute Um I wanted to ask you because we haven't had you on since they've done the whole name change and everything like that. And um, I think early uh, when that happened, you and I were talking about it and, and how um, we we both thought it was like it went really well. Like, is that that kind of what your feeling was as they kind of went through that transition? Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I mean, having been, you know, as a marketing guy, having done you know, a handful of naming projects for different clients, some prominent, some not it's the hardest thing marketing wise you can do because it's, I always joke. It's like walking into the hospital room and sit, telling, announcing to the parents, you're going to name their baby. Like it just, <laughs> right. Like it's like the company can say, yeah, we really want this, but when push comes to shove, it's really hard. And, and I think in this situation, I mean, yeah, do I, does it still sound weird to me? It does. It still sounds weird. I'm not going to lie, 
But yeah. I understand why they did it. And I think the way they ruled it out, um, they, they found the right balance. I mean, the fact that they, the season went the way it did, we'll see how that impacts the overall brand and how that visual identity and naming component is perceived down the road. But in terms of how they did the launch and how they, the process they took to get it done, I, I, I think they did really, really well with it. Yeah, absolutely. And then now, were, did you get to games this year? Were you able to go in and enjoy some? Yeah, you know, I yeah, would enjoy I mean, it. I could count. <laughs> yeah, I, I could count on one hand probably the number of games that I missed over the last twenty five years. And this year, of the seven home games, I had to miss three of them, which is extremely rare for me. So maybe I picked the right season in which to do that. Apparently, but um, yeah, no, I ended up. I mean, I, I, mean, I certainly watched them every chance I could, of course, but. As far as the home games, unfortunately, I only got to four, which has never, I mean, hasn't happened in 35 years. So just yeah. one of those years, I guess. And some of the broadcast stuff was pulling me away a little more than I thought, which was fine. But yeah, I ended up missing a few more than normal. Well, and like you said, maybe maybe not the greatest year to have to worry about that in <laughs> overall. So, um, you know, it was, it was a year that Brian Kelly moved back to Edmonton, so maybe there's a parallel there. I'm yeah, not that's sure. true. Exactly, yeah. So maybe they can, well, geez, maybe they need to sign him. He could probably be in great shape. He could probably still play. <laughs> yeah, probably true. <laughs> yeah, I still mean, good hands. it's probably, uh, that would probably be easier for him than the Iron Man that he was doing. I mean, well, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his his name may come up a little bit later when we're talking about other things, but uh, uh, but yeah, I, I was going to ask you, are you excited that he's back in the same city as you are? Because that's exciting that he's back. In yeah, this, no, it's great. Area. I mean, well, it's funny, like it, when you sort of think about it, I mean, especially on a day like today where everything went down and there's been a lot of talk of getting back to the quote unquote, I'll say Eskimo way, whatever we're going to elk way, whatever you want to call it. And how many players you think about historically came here from various parts of the U.S. or Canada and stayed here and made a life here. And I mean, he's an example who did stay here for a while, then left and is now coming back because his family, his kids are all here largely, or at least in the province. So I think it's kind of an interesting thing when you think about what we were talking about, what we've been talking about all day with the changes and where this franchise needs to get to that in the same year, like you said, Andrew, we have a guy coming back who, you know, he wouldn't have maybe ever been in Edmonton, of course, having now been a football player. So it's, I think it's maybe indicative of where this team and try to get to again at some point down the road. That's uh, that would be our hope, absolutely. Um, now, before we get into talking about today's news, um, I do want to do our draws for the uh, yes. $2 gift cards from Pay It Forward with Football because we had that last week if you shared the show. Um, and so, our three winners that were drawn off stage beforehand uh, are Derek Mapstone, Leanne Christensen, and Ken Ludwig. So, thank you for. Oh. Um, sharing Fantastic. the show last week. Uh, I will reach out to each of you individually um, on uh, Twitter and we can uh, make sure that you get your $20 gift card. And thanks for watching and sharing the show. I appreciate it. And hopefully um, supporting uh, Stuff a Wallet with Pay It Forward because uh, that was amazing. So, um, all right. Now, do we talk about the games quickly first or do we go dive right yeah. into today's news? Okay. Oh, let's let's get, get that out of the way. Games? Let's get... I only remember one. <laughs> Um, I would ask which one, but it's like neither one was really great. So, uh, well, let's, let's start with you, Kamish, Uh, just combined, um, games in general. What, um, if you only remember one game, that's fine. But what, uh, what, what goods did you have out of last week or or what did you want to comment on from last week? You gotta win. I mean, 
<laughs> win question mark copper inflection yeah okay yeah, yeah. it was a win uh, it, it, it honestly like that's just the pinnacle of how the elks have performed all year that i mean that's it that's all i have to say i'm, I'm kind of exhausted because <laughs> like even though you get a win it was ugly but i mean in the in the sports world a win is a win and then you go and i, I understand it's three games and Seven days, eight days, Some, seven. Like yeah. that's exhausting. Totally, I, I understand. But oh my gosh, that last game! I actually, the fir- after the first quarter, I just put it on mute and then put the TV on and had. I was watching both, and I watched the Lions kind of like clock, 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 clock. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm <laughs> out. It's on. I'm giving TSN their money. <laughs> You know, the Elks are getting some of the percentage, but I'm clocked out at this point. So it was a a really disappointing way to end the season, but it's over. It's like a clean stab and we can heal now. <laughs> and more to the point of clean stabs. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll t- <laughs> yeah so we'll talk about that in a short bit. Um, yeah, you know, you know what might have helped in three games in seven days would be like another quarterback that hasn't played. Anyway, uh, let's get let's get uh, Doug's opinion on that. What did you think about the two games, Doug? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I I was at the Canada Mexico soccer game on Tuesday, so okay. which almost scored the Argos Elks game, but <laughs> yeah. um, so I didn't see it live. I did catch a little bit just PBR, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like Kayla said, I mean, it was a nothing game for the Argos. Frankly, a nothing game for us. And then I, I was in Saskatoon, obviously, so it's an hour later watching the game on Friday night. And I'm like, why am I doing this? It's like quarter <laughs> after 12. I mean, this is, this is just horrendous. I mean, it just got me thinking that can you imagine if this team had actually been in a, in, in a playoff hunt at this point, right. playing three games in seven days? I mean, it, it goes back to what people talked about earlier in the year when all this went down and they were two and two after the, you know, after the Labor Day game and that they probably – I mean, they might have been better off just to turf the Argo game, lose it, right. and then play the two and be done with the, the Ryder and the Lions game. There's no way. I mean, it would have, well, again, like Kayla said, I mean, the Lions game was just a disaster. And there's no yeah. way had this been an actual legit playoff race that that could have paid any benefits to us. But anyway, it obviously didn't make any difference, as it turned out. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty ugly. Yeah, pretty ugly is one word for it. <laughs> That's one thing. Uh, Superfan, I know you have a lot of notes on the Tuesday game, but uh, let's let's talk about the game in general. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. The hangover after the Saturday game was terrible um, for the players and, and for me with the alcohol. But um, <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I mean, that was just a horrible game on Friday. At least there were, uh, you know, a couple of bright spots. Okay, I don't know what spots exactly, but there were a little couple of pinpricks of, of holes, like in a. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I was saying on uh, Twitter at the time that when we start doing a, a post mortem on this, there are going to be a few bright spots there, but there's just a lot of bad and WTFs in there. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think the epitome of the game was uh, in the Tuesday game when Walker had four catches on 13 targets. Yeah. I just sort of summed up his entire season and it was just sort of disappointing to see because he's a guy that was a fan favorite and obviously talented um, having won rookie of the year here and being an all-star both in the West and the East. Uh, I just don't want to happen. And it seemed to be, it affected so many of the guys on the team. 
Uh, Trevor yeah. Harris had a, a decent 2019 and and not so decent 2021. Um, somebody I, I know, uh, I think it was Jerry Cooper, pointed out that uh, Ottawa won all three games against a Trevor Harris team. <laughs> exactly. So that's, yes. that's very oh, impressive. Um, I, I think the other thing that kind of got me was just the frustration that more and more inconsistencies outside of the play of our team. The, on Tuesday, there was a... Uh, a video review judge overturned a call in the game versus uh, Toronto, but didn't do right. it before versus the Riders or, or whenever we've had that. So I don't quite understand that. And, and again, I don't think you and I, either of us, understand what DPI is. So no, no, you know, yeah, well, what do you do? <laughs> what was the line? Yeah, the butterfly on a lily pad is more likely. Right. You know, is less likely to get the dpi call yet the the jonathan rose no it wasn't it wasn't jonathan rose who was it that uh, jonathan rose uh had the shaker call baker on... yeah was that the one yeah, yeah jonathan rose had the call on uh when grimes had the interception oh yeah okay yeah so and again just crazy but again you know it's good company it's good food it's good gym <laughs> and uh probably would have been better to put an old game on instead <laughs> <laughs> next time we'll know better um mm-hmm. no i i mean i think the thing is too is is I don't know about you guys, but we went in after the the back-to-back Saskatchewan games saying, well, at, at least they hung in and it was close and they had a right. chance. And then the Toronto game, there was many times that we thought, well, they're going to lose to the practice roster here. Like, If they had not... a kicker in Toronto, we'd lose that game. A- a- absolutely. Like that, that's, yeah. and if the... Uh, and then in the BC game, it's just like you, you could even tell like Cornelius threw what was it? Three interceptions in the first three drives or something like it was, yeah. and, but Two his, in the end zone. but he had no arm left. Like it was yeah. just, you could tell that that was a lot. And, and like you said, Mike, Hey, we got to see another quarterback in the game, not the one that we want to see how he is in this offense, but we did get no. to see the one a so, quarterback. Yeah a quarterback um, in Dakota Prukop. So um, Doug, I being that you've followed along and I know we've chatted about this a bit, but what, what were your thoughts? Like, were, were you expecting to see Arbuckle in one of those games or, or like, what are your thoughts on how they handled that? Oh, a hundred percent. And I think it's utterly ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, the, I mean, the, the comments from Sunderland yesterday about practice time and yeah, sure. I, I, I mean, to a degree I can get where he was trying to come from, but give me a break. I mean, these are pro quarterbacks. You're not asking him to, I mean, you're not asking him to come in and, and carry the team to a, to a great cup. It's, you know, you can run a pretty simple package. You can get him in there and just get him comfortable so that, you, you know, coming back next season, at least he has some familiarity with some of these players because some of them are going to be back. I mean, it's like people were saying on Friday, like you can't gas the whole team. Right. You might like to, but you can't. <laughs> yeah. so you're going to have some guys back. So I just it just looked completely ridiculous the fact that they go and they do this and sign them, give up mm-hmm. the second round pick which now is tenth overall, and for what? I mean, let's yeah. be honest, Dakota Prukop is not a he's not a pro quarterback. Let's just be serious. Cornelius I think can be a reasonable backup if you want my opinion. I think he's got some attributes in his game that make him potentially valuable. Do I think he's a starter? No, um, but yeah, it just. To me, it just was completely ridiculous that he didn't appear, at least in one of them, even as a backup, like dress the guy. I mean, yeah, it sort of summed up everything that, like you you guys have all been saying, it just summed up everything that's been going on all season. It just made no sense. Yeah. His rating in the first game was 22.9. 
is quarterback rating. <laughs> Are you saying that Arbuckle with six practice games wouldn't have done at least as well as that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And there's all the conversation of, well, you don't want to blow the hope for the future and all that stuff. I'm like, at this point, we all know that this season is like, yeah, there was going to have to be changes. And boy, we're there and we'll get there because um, I know everybody's anxious to talk about that. Um, but Consequences. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> was Cavus in the background somewhere? Neat. Okay. Um it's uh yeah no it but i i agree with you doug there's going to be guys that are going to be back and there were actually bright spots yep. uh when you look through like tolliver is is a bright spot to me he's uh looks like a good receiver that could you right. know uh and and obviously did have some chemistry with cornelius but I'd, I'd like to see with a guy that isn't throwing the ball 130 miles an hour if he might even be able to catch it better like that yeah. would be nice um and, and there's other guys that we're going to have to move on from, but you can see that there's guys there that are ready to step into those roles. Like I think yeah. we've all said Fletcher was looking yeah. amazing and he's probably going to come at a, a discounted price. Like those are the guys that you kind of, you want to look and see where can we get that younger guy that's going to produce and put something into the offense that we've been looking for that we just haven't kind of been seeing when, when with the guys perform that contract. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I think we've broken those down nearly about as much as we need to. So let's get into uh, today's news um, ah, because uh, news. I have a feeling there might be some YouTube comments after that. So um, the uh, no one seems to know what you're talking about. It says what no? changes are you talking about? I don't know what I know. you're talking. Okay. Well, that's. I'm glad that everybody feels the so same. You can way be as breaking I. news right now. Oh, do, 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 do. there you go. That's breaking news. Um, I do want to tell you, it was funny. Um, I told you earlier I was putting up my Christmas lights and I was getting about halfway through the first strand and my watch start ding, 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 ding. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And then all I looked at, all I saw was, whoa. And then the next comment, they did it. I'm like, uh, they did what? And then I think I texted you, Mike. I'm like, uh, you're going to have to feel me in here. I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. Um, so the Elks relieve Presson, Sunderland, and Elizondo of their positions effective immediately. Uh, board chairman Ian Murray uh, spoke about the changes uh, and why they were made. Uh, Alan Watt took, takes over as interim uh, chief operating officer until they get other people in place. Uh, Wally Buono is going to consult on the new GM search. Um, and uh, they're hoping to have a GM in place before Christmas and a president, uh, hopefully by the mid to end January, maybe early February. Um, so a lot to take in there. Um, Doug, uh, you, you and I were talking about this last week <laughs> and, uh, and if something like this was going to happen, um, and I think at the time we all felt, uh, this likely wouldn't happen, especially when you see the, the moves for Arbuckle and, and, you know, trying and trading away assets and all those kind of things. Uh, but when the news came today, uh, what was your kind of gut reaction? I, yeah, that's a great question because I, I was just I was surprised a little bit that they well, let me check that. It's not so much that I was surprised. I mean, I think that it, obviously we expected something to happen. Did I think they would gas all three? No, 
Right. I, I, but the, the reality is, I mean, if you get rid of Sunderland, you largely have a coach who's going to be a lame duck. I mean, you never see, very rarely, and not never, but rarely do you see coaches stay. I mean, Jason Moss, I guess, is an exception with Herbie, but that doesn't happen often. And the Preston one, I mean, whether we like him or we don't, the reality is the guy got hired four months into his mandate, the pandemic starts. Oh, and hey, by the way, go change the name of the franchise while you're at it. I I mean, again, whether he was the right guy for the role or not, I think it's he was thrown into a lot of difficult situations. So that one did surprise me, I think, a little bit. Um, But yeah, so to answer your question, was I surprised? Yes and no at the same time. But do I think this is the right move ultimately? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I I think you summed up exactly what a lot of us were saying. It was like we okay, I I figured one or two, but I didn't think all three. Like I, Mike, I know we, I was talking with you and saying that I always I thought they would give. I always believed in kind of giving the guy a chance to get one of his own. So I, I thought Preston might get a chance to hire his own GM and kind of go that route, but. It, you know, but was I completely surprised that it was all three? No, just I'm surprised that the board actually took that action. I guess that and and in the presser afterwards, when the board was saying, "Well, we heard from a lot of fans, and this is all the things that we heard piling up, and this was the decision we made." I was like, "Oh, okay, they uh, they actually put it in action." I was shocked. Uh, uh, pleasantly i guess i i I don't want to i don't want to seem like i'm up or i'm i want to spread any joy about somebody losing their job but the change needed to happen for the good of the club let's just put it that way so losing their job but don't forget they are still getting paid for a couple of years too correct yeah yeah (laughs) yeah they're yeah so yeah i guess that's fair not the worst parachute no (laughs) Uh, I, i mean personally i was surprised just that uh, and we had these final exit interviews with Elizondo and with Sunderland yesterday going out. Uh, and as Doug said, like you've got people that are that are making decisions that are going to affect the club, not just the end of this year, but into next year and possibly the year after getting rid of assets to uh, like 10th overall. That can be a big pick. It's a little different than your third round picks, which necessarily aren't going to turn out. Uh, is anything more than maybe a special teamer? Sometimes we get lucky, but in the last 10 years, we haven't. We haven't had a third round or do anything that's that big in that time. Um, so I was I was surprised. Farhan Lalji, who is very plugged in, said the team is going to roll with who they have into next year. Two days later, not so much. So uh, <laughs> it was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, you could say that, you know, Preston didn't get to really hire his own guy, but you can also say that Jamie Elizondo, he was stuck with the coaches he got. Like, right. he didn't get yeah. a chance to really implement his offense. He had to kind of work with what he had because he came in so late. Um, and all the, the assistants and coordinators were all guys that he had to get stuck with. So, um, yeah. And, and lastly, the coaches cap, the operations cap, um, from what, it stands now they are on the hook for the full salaries for at least two years for Sunderland and probably at least one more year for Elizondo. Now that's spread out. Like mm-hmm. we would divide that over, I think five years, um, but it's still, it's, it's going to restrict who we can bring in unless that gets changed. I mean, the operations cap, I think has been handled very poorly. We've kind of discussed that ad nauseum on this show and on social media, it's really been hand, you know, hamstringing a team. Uh, um, I'm not entirely sure what the purpose is of it. 
Um, I know you can say, well, if you can set a cap, but not the number of players or whatever, but once they're gone, why are they still counting against your cap? How is that competitive advantage, right? So uh, if it disappears, then I think we'll be fine. But if it doesn't, I think that we're going to see some effects for years to come. I would agree with you, although I, I think, and that kind of came out in the, in the press conference today uh, where Ian Murray said, yep, they're, they're definitely, we're aware that there will be some, you know, uh, financial implications to that, but we are working with the league and, and trying to figure out how, you know, how best to navigate that. But my sense was it would cost us more to do nothing. Yeah than it would have been to just face the financial strain of what could happen. And our bottom line is still okay. So we if it's just through, right? salary, yeah. that's one thing. But I think if yeah. we can't get a solid person in as GM or coach, unless you're right. getting someone doing both, and that really limits the people you can get at that point, then Fair. does that just extend it? it just Were we just robbing Peter to pay Paul? Right, so you're right. going to lose people because we did poorly, but then we can't get quality people in, so we're going to continue to do poorly with just different people. So that's all I'm worried about. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Or, or you end up with um, a guy maybe that is coming into his this role as a first time thing, where he can come in at a lower rate to start with sure. a higher rate in the second or third year, right? And yeah. then it kind of spreads things out a bit. I mean, that's a possibility too. So, um, Kamish, what are your thoughts on all of the changes well i mean you three kind of said it all it's kind of an exhausting point at, you know for me to break it down but i think <laughs> uh, i can approach it on the sympathetic route is like my first thank you chris first off because i probably wouldn't have even known about this if he hadn't texted me because i probably wouldn't have gone social media today so i would have been like what what changes what are you guys talking about <laughs> oh, thank you, chris. i appreciate it um but I, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, like if um, Jamie and Chris are both gone, I think they got the raw end of the deal because like you guys said, Chris Preston came in at a horrible time. Um, really didn't, from our perspective, who knows what goes on behind closed doors, didn't really get to manage a team or um, play around with some things. I mean, it was a very complicated season and trying to navigate how fans can do things and what we can and can't do and the game day experience your hands are a little bit tied. You have to get creative, and maybe that's not a strong suit. And then with Jamie Elizondo, I mean, he, he the, the word is stuck, right? Like, he, he was stuck in that position, and I don't know. Like, I believe in second chances for me, so if he came back next year, I wouldn't be, like, too, too upset because I'd like to see if he actually did some homework on the offseason and maybe ramped up that playbook and, and improved and you know, maybe got in some personnel that is more suited towards him as a coach and maybe built a locker room around him a little bit more. I, I don't know. I'm not a, um, a professional. I've never been in that position. I've never been in a locker room. So I have no idea what goes on behind closed doors. But I really, truly believe that Chris and Jamie got the raw end of the deal. And it sucks. I, I'm I'm very empathetic towards, towards their position. And I mean... I just hope it's for the better. That's, I'm, I'm. It's always a risk doing anything, and I, I'm worried that this may affect the team for years and years to come, both on and off the field. But as long as the culture starts to improve, I think that is my main concern. 
is not only the culture within the football group, but the community. I think it was very, very damaged. Hopefully this move improves that position by just listening to the fans. I think that'll go far, but how far it'll go and for how long, I'm not sure. It's a bit scary. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, I, I think, did, did any of you get a chance to watch the presser with Ian yep. Murray? Yeah. No. Okay. So I think the, I want to say that the, the underlying things that I, that I heard him say a few times that kind of came across was there was, there is a deep concern that they weren't in the community. There was a deep concern that there wasn't the same level of customer service and, and the board and everyone else was hearing about it, right? Um, yep. They were hearing that the game day experience wasn't the same. They were hearing, right. and these were things that are all on top of the team not performing on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know about you guys, but I, I know when I was looking at the, the the roster for those last two games, I was wondering, like, who is making these decisions? Why, right. why at that point? Uh, and I'm sorry, I like Darrell Walker, but at this point, why is he on the roster? Yeah, yeah. Like painfully, yes. Four for thirteen. Is that what you said, Superfan? Yeah, four catches on thirteen targets. There were like, there were a lot of WTF moments in there. Yeah, uh, in decision making, okay. Elizondo exactly. definitely seemed lost. Mm-hmm. When yeah. uh, it's the end of the third, there's about ten seconds left. The clock is running, and he's calling the punt team on. Or the end of the second, sorry, end of the yeah. first half. And he's calling the punt team on. Why would you punt? Just take the knee, go into the end, right. go into the halftime, and away you go. And it just—I mean, it's a first-time head coach, and we've seen it before. We've seen some bizarre decision-making from Jason Moss. We yeah. saw it from Chris Jones. We saw it from everyone that was a first-year head coach. But mm. like some of these are really, really obvious. Yeah, absolutely. Going for two, then going for one. Uh, yeah. I know you can't do that. Yeah. So it's. Uh, <laughs> Doug just summed it up in the perfect gif right there. Yeah. (laughs) So, and, and as, as people, I agree with you, Kayla, I'm totally empathetic as some of the decisions that were made both on field and off the field. It's like, yeah, that's that. It does come a time where they have to make a change. And, and I'm not saying that the board is without fault because they, you know, kind of let it happen Um, but at least i felt today that they were standing up to try and make a significant change that that's Mm -hmm. what it felt like to me did did anyone else get that same feeling or yeah i felt heard yeah Yeah. i agree i agree because as he was saying stuff i thought wow they might have actually watched the podcast. That's neat. That's pretty much exactly what we said. I don't mean me specifically. I just mean the no, fan base. But, no, I, but they totally took all of Mike's suggestions, as they should all right. the time. Yes. Yeah. I don't we, see any more paintings going up of the old players. but that's yeah. They're going to be calling it the Super Elks right away. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm the first to say that I'm excited for you to put your name in for all three positions and see what you end up with. Not even one. Not even one. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, so let's let's talk about let's talk about going forward. Um, is there are there people that you can think of off the top of your head that you're like, hey, I'd like to see this person in this position. 
Um, why don't we just start at the president side of things? Doug, is there a name that pops in your head? Honestly, there isn't. I, I mean, I know there are names floating around today. I mean, it's funny. You think with, like, with the Oilers, everyone's like, I don't want any more of the old boys club. When it comes to this team, it's like, all I want is the old boys club. Right? <laughs> it's like Sean Fleming and Rod Connop and Trent Brown and like yes. any player we can possibly conceive of to be the president is who should be the next president. Anyway, so I thought that was kind of funny. But honestly, for me, I don't even know that I have any names. For me, it's more about can we look down the road? Can we find somebody she, he, whoever, who can be here for the next 10 years, I'll just use that as a number, mm -hmm. and start to build some continuity because we we haven't had a lot of that. Right. And, I mean, that's been more on-field than off. I mean, I know Len Rhodes was here for quite a while. Rick Lawless here before that. Hugh Campbell in the president's role before that. So we've had we, – there's been some continuity. But can, but can we start to think down the road as someone that has some and, – and it's not just someone that's going to be in that role, but starts to think about – to what Kayla was saying, it starts to think about where this team is going in the next 10 years. Because my biggest fear is that they're going to bring somebody in, try to make all these changes to fix everything by next May. Yeah. Right, and right. this is not going to be fixed by next May. I want this to be fixed by May of 2025, let's say. We're all back on the podcast saying, wow, that day back in November of 2021 really turned the corner for where we are now, where we're seeing... 40, 45,000 people, where it's easier for all of you to be tailgating outside of Commonwealth, where it's the, the game day experience feels like it's something you want to be a part of. That's where I'd like to be. I don't need to see that next June. Yeah, I'd love to, but it's not going to happen. So for me, whoever the president is, be it, you know, if she's going to come in or he's going to come in and decide what that's going to look ahead. That's all I really care about, as opposed to what we're going to try to do in the next six months, which again, don't get me wrong. It's important what happens now moving into next season, but I'm more worried about down the road. Yeah. Absolutely. Build on the sand or build on a rock. Pick yeah. No, no, that's right. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that could be the title of the top of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, super fan. What are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, just sort of riffing off of what Doug was saying, we have to get this right. If you look at Calgary and it pains me to say it, I mean, they've had that consistency at that GM position, coaching position since 2008 when they, they hired Huffnagel and it's still there. And when we had Campbell there from 86 onward after he was in, in the USFL and NFL, it just seemed like we had that consistency moving forward, and you could see it in how we were always making the playoffs every year. And even when we had maybe a bad year, we weren't necessarily just blowing it up the next year and starting over. We were just tweaking and tooling the roster a bit. Uh, so this hire, to me, is one of the biggest one we've had in decades. We have to get it right. We can't have someone coming in at any of these three positions and just being like, oh, it's same old garbage with a different name, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Um, it has to be someone right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of great names for president that are floating out there. A lot of them are former players here. Um, are they someone that can do the job? Um, Warren Moon is one name I've heard a lot of people saying for the president role. Um, of course, he would bring a lot of eyes here. You would get instant credibility in the United States. Um, but is he going to live here? Is he going to be in the community? And if he isn't, I don't think he's the right fit. Um, Doug said Sean Fleming. That's a name that's been bandied about since before Len Rhodes as someone that 
probably should have been here had he been here. Uh, we probably wouldn't see a lot of the changes we've had in the last little bit. So um, is he the guy? Sure. Does he want the job at this point? I don't know. Maybe. He's yeah. probably doing quite well at Pricewaterhouse. So, you know, uh, it, it's got to be someone that wants to be here, who wants to live in the community, wants to be in the community and help steer the ship for, as Doug said, 10 years or more kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kayla, did you have... Anybody that you wanted to throw up there? I didn't think so, no but clue. I thought I'd, I wanted, did no you want to, I didn't want to. No, no clue. Well, I just, I do want to kind of um, touch on what Doug said, but make a plea for the fans and know what your role is and don't have expectations to be gratified in This is mm. going to be a building effort by everybody. And and, and going back to actually what Celeste had said about Fairweather fans, be with your team, be loyal. This is where the, t- the time is now where the fans need to actually rally around this team and support it in the decisions that are going to be coming because it's going to be a rocky road. And you can't just be like, oh, well, we're just back to the same crap. We're, we're losing again. It's, this is a deeper process than just winning and losing, unfortunately, and kind of parroting what Len Rose said a few years ago. <laughs> he may have been onto something. I think we discussed this where, you know, winning is a lot, but it's clearly proven it's not everything because this culture was com- very, very damaged. So I make a plea for the fans to just have patience and root for your team. And if expectations aren't met in those few years, okay, fine. But don't expect this glorious team to come about in 2022. If it does, wonderful. But if it doesn't, give me a break. This is business. It has to grow organically or else it's just going to suffer in the next couple of years anyway. So that That's fair. And I think actually um, we can look at a, at a very recent uh, happening with this. Look at Winnipeg. When they came out of the Joe Mack era and then they, they brought in Walters, Kyle Walters. Am I saying that right? Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then of course they brought in Mike O'Shea and, and I think it was the second or th- I think it was actually the third year in, like they were calling for everyone's head in that. Richie organization. Hall, yeah. O'Shea. Yeah. And they kept with the plan and now they have a dominant team for multiple years and that's the thing that i agree with you doug is like you start from the top but you've got to have that consistency that just stays and and together they find the right pieces to bring the team together and have success and that's not likely going to happen next year or maybe the year after but you start to see things kind of progressing in the right direction and then go okay and now we have a real team um, yep. and that's, that's something that we all have to be looking forward to. So, um, let's go on the, on the coach's side. Any, any names that pop that you're like, Hey, I would like to see this person, Doug. Yeah, I'm going to sound boring. It's going to be, I mean, I don't have any names that again, pop to mind. I mean, again, lots are being floated around today and same for the GM role, but my answer is the same. Like, let's, let's look at some level of continuity. Like the problem is, I mean, everyone's saying, well, let's bring Chris Jones back. Okay, well, guess what? Chris Jones is going to come in here, and people don't like him, so there's one issue you have to deal with. So culturally, <laughs> you've got a problem for starters. And But the other issue is that at the first opportunity he has that's a little bit better, Chris Jones mm-hmm. is gone. 100%. And so yeah. 
again, I'm not saying you're going to hire a coach or a GM who's going to be here for the next 15 years. That's just not realistic in pro sports. But we can't. I want us to get away from this constant up and down of of uncertainty as to who is going to be running the ship here as a kid growing up. And like I said, I'm not trying to go back to, we're never going to win five great cups in a row again. We're not going back there, but, but the reality is like you, you think about the continuity on and off the field with that, with the franchise through the seventies and the eighties and beyond. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a team that between 75 and 2004 didn't host a playoff game only five years. Right. I correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's five, right? So, yeah. I mean, that, that's incredible. We, how many have we hosted since? Three, right? Let me think. 2011 and 14-15. Yep. So three since. I mean, and, and if you look back at who was running the ship then, there was a strong level of continuity through a significant portion of those years. That's what I want. Whoever's going to be that, again, you're never going to hire a GM or a coach that you can guarantee is going to be here forever, but start at the top, figure that out, and then identify people that want to be here for that Again, what like just like what Kelly was saying, I like here for the long haul, and to me, whoever those people are, that's who I want in running the show. I'm not sure that's Ed Hervey as the GM personally, but that's another name being thrown around all over the place. Yep, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and I, I agree with you. That's that's really that's really what we want. Uh, Mike, GM, head coach, uh, head coach. I mean, I've tossed around the name Mark Washington. A lot. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I really like his style. I think he's a young, hungry, up-and-coming coach. And if you've seen, you know, some of the success we've had with guys like Kahari Jones or Lana Steinauer, you've got these guys who are young. They know a more modern game and are willing to maybe not just do the same thing they've been doing for the last 10, 20 years. Uh, so I like that. It doesn't have to be them, but it has to be someone that's going to be, to me, like that. That's going to connect with a younger fan base. Uh, that's going to not be some 65-year-old head coach where you've got, you're trying to attract the 30-year-olds, you know what I mean? So right. something like that. I mean, look at Montreal right now. Kahari has got that fan base just riled up and, and with Vernon Adams Jr. and everything else. So if we can bring that kind of energy, uh, I think that'd be a great thing. So uh, like I said, Mark Washington's a name that sort of has been bandied about in my head for a while. But I think it's more it's less about a name and more about a style uh, mm-hmm. and a culture of that sort of position, whether it's GM, coach, or whatever. Bringing back a retread, I don't know. That might appease some of the same people that are complaining about the name mm-hmm. because they just want it to be the way it used to be. And I know it's weird and ironic coming from me talking about <laughs> the way things used to be. Um, but I, I think you got to go forward, right? You have to get to the point where it's like, okay, this is the new era. Uh, of the team because we had a great team in the 50s and then we were terrible in the 60s and when everyone thinks about the Eskimo way or the green and gold way or whatever you're going to start calling it from now on that was brought in by new young people uh, Hugh Campbell was not that old when he started yeah. becoming our head coach uh, and he brought that in and allowed the team to build that culture from within so let's build a brand new culture it doesn't need to be tied to the five in a row gang or the you know the the glory days gang of the fifties or whoever it, they can be their own identity and, and the team, the fans can be young and growing with the team like we all did. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Kamish, any, any names for either of those that you want to throw out? Not, not names. No. Okay. Cause I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I know what I want though. And I want someone who is going to be innovative and creative with their playbook because we've been quite conservative and 
a little dull for the last couple of years, in my opinion, especially this year. Don't even, don't even remember. Um, but I think what I would be looking for specifically is now a Jason Moss ask. Hear me out. I want the players to do what they said they would do with Jason Moss is they would run through a brick wall for him. I want that allegiance and that dedication to their coach because when you see it off field and locker room, you see it on field too. And mind you, they weren't a stellar team, but the way those those men reacted to that style of coach and that coach and how loyal they were, I think it reflects back into the fan base just in like media reports and stuff. So something like that, I think, you know, innovative, creative, but someone the players rally behind. Because when you come to that, eventually you're going to get a winning team. Yeah. Can I just add something to that? Because I agree. But here's my concern. It's more of a league issue than it is even an uh, an Elks issue, is the quarterbacking problems we have in this league. Mm. Because I agree that we need to find more innovative, aggressive play calling to get this game back to where, to the entertainment level that I think it can be at, that the rules allow it to be. I don't know that the quarterbacking talent exists in this league anymore to make that possible. And that scares me just about more than anything else. Because you look across the league right now with the quarterbacks, it's not that pretty. That's fair. It really isn't. I mean, who's the best quarterback in the CFL right now? Is it Zach Caleros? Maybe. I mean, statistically, Michael O'Reilly had the best, I mean, statistically the best season. He's Yeah, yards-wise, but, I mean, they're missing the playoffs too. That worries me more than anything because oh, for yeah. 30 years ago, all the players that were coming up here are now they're starting in the NFL. So that talent acquisition piece, especially the quarterback position, is what makes it – I want exactly what you just said, Kayla, too. I 100% agree, but I worry that we, we're not going to be able to get back there because I worry about that quarterback position. Every other position mm-hmm. seems to be okay. We have good receivers. We have good running backs that come up here. Even old linemen sure. now that are coming up here making it better. That quarterback piece – scares the heck out of me yeah and not well, just an Evans. that's league wide yeah good of course point. yeah yeah so if you yeah. can find a coach that can connect with a quarterback or has links to some quarterbacks that could then increase that level that would be like a few years ago we would we would have all said that was michael riley and bo levi mitchell and they played the quarterback position amazingly well and but yeah we're starting to see guys drop off somewhat for sure uh, and or this was it the system was, too that's fair that's yeah, fair. system issues too for sure yeah that's that's very fair that's very fair um yeah i've i got a a, a few names i'm just going to throw out there uh for gm um g roy simon danny mcmanus i know those names have been flowing it out there um Dwayne Ford, who has also, of course, expressed interest in the Ottawa position. So that's yep. uh, kind of interesting. Um, uh, Ted Govea out of Winnipeg. Now, yeah. the, the only reason I mentioned that is he was a big part of building what they have. And we just finished talking about we would like to have what type of thing. So if you have somebody who knows how to do that, that might be... Um, might be a good thing. Um, and then on the coach side, uh, Mike, you already said uh, um, Washington. Uh, Mark Killam out of Calgary. I know his name has been tossed around a number of times. And again, coming from a really good system and, and knows different guys. Um, and, and I'm I'm throwing in a dark horse that probably, probably wouldn't even say yes. But, uh, you know, bring in a new GM. Would AJ Gass consider coming back to coach? Because, good Lord, I like him as a coach. But that's just me. So... That's that's my own little um, 
He was definitely Bias. tweeting stuff today. Yeah. Oh, good. He sure was. <laughs> oh, oh. I, I missed those. Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> I've, it's I've... just a picture of someone sipping a tea. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, but you know, I, I mean, that's probably my own bias because God lo- knows I love AJ Gas. So that's sure. <laughs> that's where that happens. So, Mike, what do we got for uh, YouTube comments that we uh, need to talk about? It's actually pretty quiet. No one said anything. Nah, just kidding. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. what? Okay. Yeah. Strangely enough, people yeah. are chatting. Uh, mm. Let's see what we've got here. Uh, let me. Just move this in a bit so I can see a little easier. Come on. It's just taking a second because, you know, why wouldn't it? Because, Um, yeah. Okay, scroll all the way back. Uh, Okay, so... Uh, people talking about the games we had. Uh, the Toronto Edmonton game was ugly, says Tim Capper. I don't think anyone's going to disagree. Nope. Uh, when you're seeing so many backups in there and it's a 13 7 yawner. So, one point I thought they were going to pull the goalie. Um, <laughs> Paul Reckner did say he would like to donate Ken's prize back to be redrawn. So, that was very kind of him, very generous. <laughs> very nice. Of him. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Yes. You know, Paul's um, really looking out for the little guy. What? Well, who isn't, right? Right. Um, I'm not sure what little guy that is, but um, and Ken Ludwig says that the Lions game was tough to watch. I don't think anybody's going to uh, disagree with that. Yeah. Tim continues that uh, Arbuckle not playing is completely mind-boggling. Um, I think we kind of touched on that as yep. well. It was sure did. one of those things. Um, uh, Julian Poirier says, but think of Arbuckle's future value if he is still in mint unwrapped condition. As a collector, I can see that. I think, uh, wasn't it Paul Reckner that said he was Schrodinger's quarterback? He's both the worst and best until we play him. Correct. So I think that's, that's been one of the lines of this week for me was, uh, Paul there. So I hate to give him credit and give him a swelled head, but, um, too late. Um, uh, Ken also says it was interesting to see the TSN panel on Tuesday night asking the same question fans and sports writers across the country were asking. Um, I'm guessing that's both about Arbuckle and about the future of our, executive at this point so right yeah uh vic sloda was saying that uh, walter fletcher another uh, sort of bright spot on the season i think we all kind of kind of agree on that Absolutely. especially if um it's potential that our other starting quarterback may not be able to be in the league in the first place so <laughs> you mean running back yeah sorry running back yeah uh ken says fletcher is a beast it will be interesting to see what happens with wilder next year and i think i just sort of touched on that if he is still adamant about not getting immunized uh then he's not gonna be allowed to come up here so right that's not too uh too promising for his career uh, unless he decides he's going to change his mind or uh the government changes their mind so right uh patrick b penguin is in i'm not sad i chose to go next door to rogers arena instead of bc place (laughs) hashtag part-time fan (laughs) that's what we've always said about ed part-time fan but on the plus side it makes him a first tier fan for uh going to the uh paying money to go see the uh, oilers play that's true Um, yes it does yeah rather appropriate given you know who just went up on the banners um Winter Sun, a.k.a. Uh, everyone's favorite uh, Ottawa hippie, uh, said uh, yes. that that can be the subtitle for the show. You can't gas the whole team. <laughs> now, wait, what if he's the coach, though? That's that's true. Then you could. Well, we could try it. It's never been done before. We could just Problem try solved. it. 
Yeah, Problems? exactly. Get rid of the whole team and we'll just draft start the over. Start, yeah. <laughs> that would that would make an interesting headline, wouldn't it? <laughs> they have no team <laughs> going into free agency. There's yeah. No yeah. We got everything is open. It's an open competition. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that be something? Uh, Ken Ludwig suggests we should be paging Sean Fleming. I'm guessing that's for the president role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And definitely. Coach Vick was talking about how we said that maybe Preston deserved another year after coming in. He said Preston might have asked to be fired after this last year. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, fair. Yeah, where uh, Ken Ludwig says, I don't think that Preston understood the CFL or the fans in Edmonton. Uh, I know I was sort of high on Preston when he came in, uh, just in what he did for Oklahoma, for hockey in Oklahoma, um, mm-hmm. which is, again, not a major sport in that particular state or south of the border at all outside of sort of Texas. You don't um, say. Weird. Yeah. I know. Weird. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, if there hadn't have been COVID, could he have done more? Maybe. But I guess it's sort of an academic question now. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Ken says, I have read internet rumors, ugh, that suggest there will be changes made to the operation cap this off season. So, um, as it stands now, there aren't any, but it could be renewed at any time, uh, certainly evaluated. And if it's going to start looking like it's affecting more than just one team and after, especially we saw that, you know, other teams were able to go over the cap and not get penalized uh, Toronto, um, last year. (laughs) Right. No, I'm sorry, no matter <laughs> what yeah. that means. Well, I know uh, Dave Campbell, I mean, friend of your friend of the show, he um, he tweeted that from a source that it sounds like it's not going to change. Now, who knows? Oh, yeah, that was before he but... asked uh, Ian Murray, and then Ian Murray actually qualified and said, no, we are discussing True. things with the league. So um, he does have a well-placed source, he says, but, I mean, things are fluid. I mean, Farhan Lalji, again, has great yeah, sources no. and. He he said we weren't making any changes at all, so (laughs) we will see. Uh, uh, And Chris Agar says it definitely costs more in attendance uh, and the growing sense of apathy. Ken says less than 10,000 fans in the stands, like bums and seats, suggests exactly that, uh, that the organization can't afford to sit pat either. Uh, Sketchy Jack says, whoop, whoop, get the broom and dustpan, fall cleaning in progress. (laughs) Wow, okay. So... Followed by, by Felicia. Yeah. That, <laughs> so, oh, <man. laughs> yeah, not a lot of, um, uh, yeah, Sketchy Jack is really not uh, worried about that. Um, he's sitting on the fence. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's what I thought. Fight. Yeah. Uh, but actually, uh, that's a question that, that I wanted to ask. Do you guys think that that significantly low number of fans, what, do you think that was the tr- one of the main triggers for the board to go, holy like we got to do something massive here or, or do you think it's the combination of everything or what, what do you think? Was that a historic like low attendance? Since we got into rate? Commonwealth, yes. Yeah, for sure. Commonwealth, yeah. I would say I mean, prior to that, we're looking at the late 60s and early 70s to see those kind of numbers. It's bad. Uh, now, I mean, again, you're also including the numbers they announced were season ticket holders plus walk up. Um, but I mean, when you're at the stadium, you can tell there are yeah, not 22,000. You've been there. We've been there. Um, 
10,000 is probably generous on some days. Um, and while you can say, yeah, well, we got your money because you bought the tickets anyway, you're not selling concessions, you're not selling yeah. merchandise. Um, so, and worse, you're not going to get these people coming back next year because they're like, if you're going to play like this, I got a big screen TV at home, I'll just watch it in there or watch something else and, and you're losing those people so well i'm well, not gonna and, lie i kind of like the smaller crowds just because i could attend west of us on time it was great yes that's true <laughs> <laughs> the one time that i'm not there and you're attending west of us on time it's very i know we'll fix it hey, I, I held the fort down last i do appreciate that. i was the only one there that's from true. the pod so I I do appreciate that on a number of levels, but uh, no guilt trip, no guilt trip. It was just successful for me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, she's uh, all of a sudden Kayla has become our travel agent on this guilt trip. That's <laughs> right. Fine. That's fine. Yeah. Travel anywhere else. So mm-hmm. yeah. well, a bit of discussion about the culture. Uh, Chris Agar says culture is unattainable, at least according to Brock and Elizondo. Um, and um, Coach Vic is saying that the team lost half their office staff, 75 down to 35. No wonder there's no office response when you call in, which has been something I know a lot of people have complained about. And you and I, for that matter, went in on a Saturday to go to the team store and found out it's never open on Saturdays anymore, which is mind boggling to me how it can not be open when you know people aren't working. But Right. What are you going to do? Um, and I, th- I think that's maybe what um, Mr. Murray was talking about when he was saying, you know, the numerous complaints about customer service. And right. y- yeah, like I, I get streamlining, but you got to find a way for us as fans to actually interact with you, whether yeah. that be in person in the store or on the phone or by email or, or by social media for that matter. Like you, you have to, you have to find, and I know that was one of your big things, Kamish was just, you gotta, and, and, and he said this a couple of times today that whoever gets into the GM position, whoever gets into the head coach position, they have to be prepared to engage the fans in some way or another. And yeah. that's going to be part of the the rollout of that position. And that's, uh, it, it, like I said, when you said earlier, you felt like you were heard. Um, that That's, I think, something that we're all looking forward to is, is engaging and trying to figure out how do we get more people here. And like much... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go for it, Kayla. No, I was just going to say, much to my chagrin, social media is a big aspect of it. And it's only going to get bigger from here. You need to have that, I hate to say it, that modern, younger approach to it, but you kind of do. I mean, everyone on the Twitter sphere who follows CFL loves the Argos Twitter account because they're funny. They interact. They poke fun at themselves when they suck. You know, like there's that nuance that has completely gone out the window this year unfortunately for the Elks account, which it used to be that way a couple years ago, two years ago even. And that is how you entertain not only on the football field and off. That's a huge part of the community. I'm, I don't personally like it either, but that's just the way that it's evolving. And you kind of have to maintain that and stamp that down a little bit. I mean, there are other teams, and it's not only the Elks who suffer in that area, but the point, we used to have that, and it was lost this season. And, Mike, you said it perfectly. It was corporate. It was boring, mm-hmm. dull, 
and it never got responses from the fans and it's a hard job i get it like hearing the the crap over and over and over again gets boring but it's a huge part of your public relations now and you you have to work with it sorry doug go ahead no 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 nothing to apologize for yeah i was just going to say and what you said kind of adds to what i was going to mention is maybe some of the stuff speaks to why chris preston is no longer in his role in the sense of some of the decisions that were made in tough times. I think we all acknowledge that in tough times, decisions that are made that sacrifice that front line, especially in this, in this market, in this league where that fan direct interaction, be it through social media, be it in stores, be it on the phone is so crucial. And anyway, I mean, I don't want to speculate, but I wonder if that's maybe where some of this fell apart for him was just some of the decision-making in terms of how to operationalize where this team was at again in tough times, but I, I, that's I'm starting to p- connect the dots a little bit and wonder if that's maybe what led to him being because the words that Murray said today were, I, or maybe it was in the interview after when he was talking to Morley and Dave, and he just said we just don't we, we respect Chris we brought him in you know we thought he was you know we he did some good things but we don't feel he's the right person to deal with these problems. Right. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but that's largely yep. what was said, which I thought was an interesting choice of words. Yep. Absolutely. Good point. Good point. Uh, Getting back here, we've got uh, people talking about Darrell Walker. Chris Agar says that uh, Darrell looked sort of disinterested, like he didn't want to be there. And Kobe Godwin says, what value does Darrell even have for a trade now? Uh, I don't believe Darrell is under contract post-February. So Mm -hmm. uh, while you could trade him to someone for the next three months so they'd have exclusive negotiating rights, I don't think there's a whole lot of value there, unfortunately. Um, And yeah, I mean... Darrell Walker used to catch a lot of balls and to have only four out of 13 mm. as an example. I mean, he was catching out a 50% rate throughout the entire season. So that's like, it's just not him. So I don't know he what that Zilstra is. Oh. Unfortunately, Zilstra, well, for not for him, but he's, he's doing well out he's there. He's doing so. well. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and, and yeah. now just, uh, I don't want to take it all off of Darrell, but the other part is, 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 we got to remember who was throwing him the ball for most of the year too. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was dropping it when it was Harris. He was dropping too, it was Harris. Just he had the but, same catch grade too. Yeah. But when, you know, when the ball is coming at you at, at 800 miles an hour and you're used to getting a Michael Riley, you know, loaf of bread in your, in, in your hands, maybe that plays a role. I, I don't know. I just, I, the chemistry I wanna, seemed off across the board. Agreed. Agreed. Well, it was the was it the Winnipeg game in September, the first one where Cornelius underthrew Walker on an out route. Yeah, Walker comes to the sidelines, beacon at Cornelius, yep. and then uh, the next drive, I think it was the next drive, he drops an easy one that would have extended a drive. And I'm just right, like right off his hands. Well, yeah, if you're that's fine. You want to go and beak at your quarterback? Hey, that happens. Geez, David Archer tackled Don Blair on a yeah. table. So I mean, whatever <laughs> it happens, but you you had better be. You better not be dropping a thing the rest of that night. Right. That's in, that's in the window. Yeah. You, yeah. you better not be dropping a thing. And so, to me, in any sport, if you're going to do that, that's fine. But you better back it up and demonstrate why you had the right to go after your quarterback. It go That goes back to me, as you say that, I think about um, Adarius Bowman. Not that he ever went and, and yelped at the quarterback or anything, but he, like he would drop one. 
But then the rest of the game, he, it wouldn't matter if it was if, within a couple of yards. He caught it yeah. because yeah. just make sure that they throw it to you next game. Right. And he was brilliant at that. And that yeah, that was actually a really good example of kind of how the season went in that particular Winnipeg game. So sorry, Mike, we keep branching off, but uh, all yeah. good. That's what the whole point is discussion. Right. So yeah. I'm just skipping ahead a little bit. Um, uh, what do we got here? Ken Ludwig says the next head coach. Allen Caps has to have head coaching experience. And uh, UI and Paul Reckner were discussing that earlier today. I just don't see a lot of people that w- to pick from that will qualify as that. Uh, Paul put together a list of people and that included uh, Chris Jones, Mike Benavides, Jason Moss, Richie Hall, Devon Claybrooks, Jeff Reinbold, Rich Stubler, June Jones, Jim Barker, Matt Dunnigan, O. And Cavis Reed. So I'm not sure which one of those is the uh, silver bullet we need. Uh, I'm not sure any of them really are. Well, um, I for think one reason just, or another, there's lots of different reasons. Yeah, just for Jason West, though, it should be Benavides. Benavides? Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's what we want. <laughs> yeah, just to get him to to lose, burst a blood vessel in his brain. There you go. He's um, never listening to this podcast again because we know exactly. Still of his uh, and then yeah, okay. Kent says Mark Washington would be a good choice. So maybe he's just, you know, maybe he's yeah. in the light now. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Chris Agar is not a big fan of Chris Jumpin' Jones. No, thanks. She would rather have the consistency that Calgary and Winnipeg have earned, yeah. which is tough. Mm, um, like the way Patrick B. Penguin. Yeah. Is how can you possibly get it right? for these hires on such a tight timeline. Uh, well, but here's the thing with the decision coming down today mm-hmm. and them announcing they have Wally Buono under contract to help and they have these other things in place. There's a part of me that thinks that in behind the scenes, they've already kind of started to. Yes. Look, right. Like they already had, it isn't something that just started this morning. It's, so they didn't just fire him and then get on the phone to Wally Bono and say, hey, Wally, what are you doing? Hey, hey guess <laughs> what? Do you want to? Two right. months? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so and and Wally could have known about it for a while and he could have already been reaching out to guys. Like, mm. right? And when when you're talking, Mike, about um, like Mark Washington, I, I think about guys like G. Roy Simon, all, all these guys that Bono has known and kind of watched them grow. Uh, Like you kind of wonder if those guys, we have to think that they're being at least put forward for an, for an interview style. Right. So, um, and, and Killam's been off interviewed a lot, right? He sure has. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and doesn't have it. And actually Jerry Cooper points out Mark Killam. Does he get a look 17 years with Calgary and 12 as a special teams coordinator? Uh, he certainly has a lot of experience there. Yeah. So. Did, wait a second. Now. No, that, that, I would be hoping too much to think that that might actually fix our special teams. That's that's five years yeah. down the road. That that's, cannot happen that's, that's, next year. So. Ken also says too soon for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. Ken Ludwig says that he's heard that Killam is the heir apparent to replace Dickinson, but I mean Dickinson's still fairly young for a coach. So. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe there's a bit of a tie there, but yeah, yeah I mean he's yeah. still there, right? But he's uh, interviewed other places, so yeah. We'll um, see, I can't say that I'd be too terribly upset if Killam came up here and then called up his old buddy Devon Claybrooks to run the defense. I wouldn't be right. upset about that because <laughs> uh, that yeah. was a hell of a defense. Anyway, just you know, uh, now I'm 
Yeah, exactly. And we'd all wear our hats sideways just for fun. Be wonderful. Would we? Uh, well, I would. Chris Agar. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Of course you would. Uh, Chris Agar says, uh, good point, Doug. The NFL has done a good job of turning into the CFL 30 years ago. Mahomes and Kyler Murray are CFL-style quarterbacks. So, uh, And then Jerry Cooper says, having only two quarterbacks on the roster this year was a step backward in quarterback development. They need to change that back. And I think that's definitely been underreported for sure this yeah. year. That's been That's been tough. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Chris says negativity is contagious. I believe the low attendance was a huge part. And Tim says, I'm convinced that COVID played a lot bigger part in the historic low attendance across the league this year. Uh, and while that is true, Edmondson has always been traditionally one of the top two, uh, attendances, uh, in the league for the last, what, 44 years. Yeah. You know, 42 years, 43 years. Um, and like it's dropped significantly. Um, and while you're seeing other teams dropping, it's not dropping. I don't think as much as we are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we're, yeah. We're still top two in 2019. So, right. Yeah. And yeah, I do think we're... COVID, I know. I mean, maybe you all had the same experience. I definitely had friends who would have normally gone to games and just said, I, with, with COVID and kids not being vaccinated, et cetera, I just don't feel comfortable going. And so, yeah. You just explained right? me. Yeah. 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 No, that's right. So I think it's, I mean, do I think it's the whole reason why attendance was down? No, I don't. Because it's been dropping, I mean, steadily for a while. But do I think sure. it was a big, yeah, I think it was a big factor. And losing every game at home doesn't tend to help either. But yeah, but even after we won, you know, the two games and Labor Day game, yeah. the attendance in the rematch was not great. It's not great. No, you're right. And the Labor Day rematch should be like the big one, especially when you win on Labor Day. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. let's face it, it's only got to be old guys that can remember that. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, Tim Capra says, plus the vaccine passport was a huge issue as well. Uh, and I can't disagree. Um, having gone to all the games up until uh, the eighth home game, um, and only then just because of illness uh, that we missed that one. But uh, seeing the crowd was on average probably 10, 15, 20 years younger. You had a lot of those older people not going. Are they not going because they're worried about COVID? Are they not going because they are more against the vaccine passport? Are they going because they don't understand the technology to get their vaccine passport? I don't know. I mean, speaking to my own dad, um, he's not as computer savvy as as many uh, are he's uh you know in his own words he's he's a, a bit more of a luddite um so i i think that would be a problem for him to get that vaccine password if you can give him a card that he just hands somebody not a problem but if you have to give him something on his phone which up until recently was a flip phone from 100 years ago that's a little well, tougher right and not not only that it's um also the digital tickets yeah. actually um i helped someone find their ticket and it yeah. took us about 10 to 15 minutes just to to coordinate and it was because he had um he was given tickets by a friend so they were in his email but that whole you can't save it to your phone unless you have that app because Ticketmaster has like that swiping right, right? Mm-hmm. so we were there standing there for about 10 minutes trying to figure this out I was like well it should be in your tickets why isn't it in there but I didn't know because he didn't know it got sent to his email so you had to go to that email pop up the email press that link and then it brings you to it. it's not saved in your ticket master file unless you purposely go in and save it in there in your tickets 
so it was just this whole thing where, but he didn't know. And he wasn't really that old, maybe in his late 50s, 60s. That's so th- very young. Well, and, and <laughs> no, that, but, but that's not old. That's not I, I agree. <laughs> but it was also that thing where I'm that even for me, like it was trying to figure it. Okay. Now I get it. But it took me like a couple of minutes to understand where did you get these tickets from? Let's start from there. So, you know, I, I totally empathize with an older generation who doesn't have that tech savviness that, you know, my generation, and even the younger, like after me, it's, it's a little, it's way more complicated, actually. It's way more complicated to go to the games. Even for me, it's like, where's your ID? Show me your passport. Let me scan your ticket. Let me check your bag now. It's clear. Why do you need to check it? You can say everything. <laughs> Are we saving that much money? not having printed tickets like is it are we saving so much money that we can afford to lose these people that just want a paper ticket they can walk up and someone scans that yeah yeah i mean it's a lot older uh, for uh, the older generation and they say the average age of a cfl fan across the league is in their 50s so that means considering i see a lot of people under that there's got to be a lot of people over that they've spent their entire life getting a ticket handing the ticket getting it scanned and walking in the door to, to remove that. And they have to fiddle with their phone. That's well, tough. Probably got convinced. I mean, I know what, I mean, like other leagues have been doing it largely because of scalping issues. They're trying to minimize that. Right. Like, let's be honest. That's not a big issue. I don't think right now in the Canadian football league. So yeah. why on earth in the middle of a pandemic, you decide that it's a good idea to do that, to do the bag policy. Like, give me a break. I mean, just, you know, let's make it somewhat simple for people to get in the game. And they just, yes. it, yeah, they did not do that. And again, maybe other reasons why there were changes today. But it's literally a barrier to entry. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep, not wrong. Um, let's go on here. I mean, we still got lots to talk about here. Oh, uh, really? Holy uh, cow. Uh, okay. Yeah, Chris Hagar yeah. says uh, EE social media is bottom of the barrel in the CFL, in my opinion. No disrespect to the social media team at Edmondson, but other teams completely overshadowed the EE with their content. And I mean, I've got to agree, if you're trying to attract the millennial age, that seems to be the magic age group that all sports teams and all entertainment teams are trying to get. Why would you get rid of the thing that they really like? I mean, <laughs> stop making them it, it being a. a propaganda machine of towing the public line let them have fun let them improvise chris sheets is the same thing like he seems to be more and more reading from a script like he has to follow this line instead of just i mean i've listened to him on the radio he's a funny guy he's a a spontaneous guy and then you get to the stadium and it's just very regimented and who wants the ball back and all this stuff you can almost time it to the play it's it seems like let them just be them you hired them for a reason otherwise get a robot yep absolutely yeah. I'm in agreement with and you. same thing with the in stadium announcer, right? Like, yeah, make it fun. Yeah, make exactly. It fun. That, that was tough this year. <laughs> Coach Vic <laughs> does have that. a mystery that he'd like solved. Okay. Uh, it appears Kayla has a bottomless glass for her wine, it never gets empty. <laughs> <laughs> that is why, my friend. Ah, she's got a bottomless <laughs> bottle. That's why. Even better. Exactly. <laughs> Let's get a where, straw. Do you, where do you buy those? I want one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim Kaffer says, I agree with what Kayla's saying. The other ways just uh, the other ways lost way too many people to layoffs and just leaving the organization. We lost a ton of good people in, in Montreal and we have yet to see it bounce back. And that is sad. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't want to take anything away, by the way, from the people that actually are in the elk store because they're super friendly and helpful when they're doing what they can, when they're open and you walk in and say, Hey, I'm looking for this. Oh yeah. They like very, very helpful. They, they want to, Oh, have you seen this? Are you looking for this? Like, it's great. Right. But I only got in there because I had this week off. (laughs) Like I can't get there otherwise, because you're not open because I'm working. Um, And it's little things like that, right? So, but the people who are there, sure, they're they're doing their best, but they don't have enough people to run it properly. Apparently, yeah. I have a prize waiting for me, but I can't get there because I work and I don't even live in the city. And if they're not right. open on the weekends, how am I supposed to get it? I just don't work game days. And it wasn't open. The store, if I'm not mistaken, when they did the name launch, the store was not open. For right, a significant time. Like I gave up trying to even worry about it because I'm like, so the only way I can buy any new stuff is I have to buy it online, even though I live 20 minutes from the store and you we're allowed to buy it on. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that's, that was a huge, I mean, they said they had good merchandise sales, which I'm sure they did, but it could have been significantly better. I think had they been big time now actually that... out there and accessible. And I agree. Part of that, though, is where because the store is in a city run facility that they had closed due to COVID. Right. And so they didn't really get to open until they I'm sure there is like put a pop up outside. Exactly. Right. Like fine. But I'm not saying that they they couldn't have taken the um, you know, they have that the truck that they pull up at the games and they they could have put that Mm. in a in a in the parking lot and had people drive through and I want that, 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 and you know, like right. they, there could have been, I'm not saying there, they, they, there was other ways they could have made it better. Absolutely. But I just wanted to caveat a little bit on that one that we were talking yeah. about COVID playing True. a role. And I think that did be because of where the store is in a city run facility. So. But they knew they were going to make the announcement. If they could have set up a yeah. pop-up store, whether it's in the parking lot, I think it'd be better if you just. There was a lot of places that had closed down, that had uh, completely pulled their stuff out. Go into one of those in one of the malls if you have to. So there's always ample parking, and then people can try on the clothes. If you're doing one of those trucks, then you're handing it to somebody. You're stuck in a truck, so if they take off, you're never catching them. Yes. Um, so if you're yeah, in sure. some kind of indoor store, then someone can try it on. Um, women's clothes fit notoriously uh, different because of <laughs> different body shapes. So are, are you going to buy a shirt that may or may not fit? Because I'm a medium in this and an XL in that and a large, and you know what I mean? So right. who knows? Um, anyway, I think they could have, but. Yeah, no, I'm they? not saying you're wrong. For yeah. sure they could have, yeah. Um. Chris, Ken Ludwig says, with Tolliver and Edwards, I'm afraid there is no room here for Walker anymore. I mm-hmm. think I mean, if Walker, if we had 2018, 2019 Walker, there's always room. Yeah. Agreed. Do training camp. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Um, Cosmic Rhubarb, Leanne says, uh, like, maybe uh, Wally will come out of retirement. And <laughs> Ken says that that question was asked at the press conference. I mean, that's at this point... <laughs> He's, uh, he's probably like, I'm enjoying life with the family and everything else. He's more, I think uh, what uh, Ian said, which made sense to me, is he likes spending time in hot places. Yeah. <laughs> the sure father does. has retired. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, 
Tim Capra says, <laughs> you know, what's funny right? is that's what you yeah, mean? yeah, okay, exactly. Good. It's going right now. Yeah. Um, Tim Tap Tim Capra says, you know, what's funny is that almost two years ago to the day, while he held the exact same position with the Alouettes when they were going through their organizational change, mm. Chris says Wally is the Godfather. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. Quentin Eberts is on saying congrats to all the Tim card winners, and that's fantastic for sure. Nice. <laughs> Ronan, a.k.a. I think this is Wise Slug, says uh, Wally is doing the Glenn circuit in not-so-record time. <laughs> we'll have the wandering Wallys now. Wandering. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to wear your best Wano gear. Yeah. <laughs> I volunteer as tribute. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Chris Agar is uh, talking about the mobile ticketing. Even the mobile ticketing was a half day seminar for my father from myself. Um, right. So there you go. Uh, and then we're getting to the end here. Chris Sheets does seem very bridled. That's Chris Agar. Um, and uh, Coach Vic, I have never been lucky buying online clothes. I have to try it on. And Chris Agar follows up with, I wonder if any of the other teams have dressing rooms to try on merch. Yeah. And that yeah. is currently it. That is. Wow. That was that was a big run, though. Uh, it was thing... a big run. Great chats. Yeah. It's awesome. And thank you to everybody for uh, contributing uh, on YouTube. And I... <laughs> The what you know what I'm really surprised there wasn't a comment although maybe you you missed it but or maybe you just skipped over it on purpose but <laughs> I uh, um I'm shocked that somebody didn't say it and so I'm gonna say it whoever takes over as that president GM whoever it is they they better reach out to Dwayne and find a way to have him get his 50th season <laughs> and oh that's gotta be one of the first yeah. things that that would mend a lot with a lot of fans. And I, yeah. I hope that's what happens. Um, and it would give me, uh, there's probably not, <laughs> there's not more, anything that would give me a lot more pleasure than being able to go back to training camp next week and seeing Dwayne there in some capacity. hundred um, percent. Yeah. That would, uh, that, that would make things right in a lot of people's books. So I, I hope that that happens. Um, now, before we uh, before we wrap up, um, the uh, the Elks have announced their season award winners. <laughs> talk about that for just a second. Yeah, let's. Uh, there's only one reason that we're going to talk about this, and I'll get that uh, right at the end. But uh, so MOP is James Wilder. Um, yep. I, I honestly, I'm not really going to argue that we were saying that earlier in the season. That sure for what was on the field, absolutely. James Wilder. Well, and, and not only on the field, he he's very interactive and he he's very his presence is very well known on Twitter. I found him quite I don't know, maybe it's just me. He really embraced the Elks fully when he came on board. And as a fan, I really appreciate that. So thank you, James, um, for all that you did and could do, um, especially on the social media presence. I really appreciated him interacting very vocally with with um fans and um wanting to be a part of this organization as crappy as it was this year he really embraced it and i really appreciated that as a fan fair enough i'll give you that i some of his interactive twitter stuff i'm like oh my god really dude anyway, well that's i mean just me but he, he's a personality and he has his own opinions but yeah i found him very embraceable of of elk stuff so i i that's fair that. yeah 
Yeah, that's fair. I, I, that is fair. Um, special teams. Was there anyone other that was going to be nominated other than Sean White? Was there just a oh, big yeah, yeah. next to it? Or was that just, I think, or a big line through that one? <laughs> I think it just said, duh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what I should have said. Yeah. Who do you think? That's what it yeah. should have said. Yeah, that's right. Um, rookie, Niles Morgan. Uh, yes. Yeah, no... No argument for me there. Nope. Uh, most outstanding defensive player, There's Derek Moncrief. So that one stumped me a little bit as to why it yeah. wasn't Tremaine Washington. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Moncrief was good. But to me, that seems like, please play with us again. Yeah. Maybe. And I hope he does. Don't get me wrong. I hope he's back. But I thought he was excellent in the limited time he was playing the last sure. you know, couple of games. Yeah, exactly. But he Maybe didn't the last tie game. for the lead league in interceptions. No. Right. So Or anyway. second in, tack, uh, in tackles, defensive right. tackles. Like, so, anyway, that was just my opinion on that one. And this, the only reason that we talk about it, because there is only Mool. There is only Mool. If I don't get to say that every year, then there is why no the hell Dana. do I do this podcast? <laughs> yeah, there is no Andrew. There's only Mool. Yes. Um, which, by the way, if you have not seen the new Ghostbusters, please go see it because it is unreal. It is so uh-huh. good. Oh, my God. It's so good. And bring Kleenex. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's Paul Rudd. How could you go? Oh, uh, yeah. He makes it even better. At, and there were many, many moments where I was like, oh, my God, this is going to happen. It's so awesome. Like, there is so nostalgia. And yet amazing new story you gotta go see it anyway yes so there is only mool and as of as usual most outstanding offensive lineman is matt o'donnell uh which he has been mool for many years it's true (laughs) i was just waiting for mike on that one okay uh mike do you want to do some horror names now that we're pushing an hour and a half do you want to wait yeah i'll I'll make it pretty quick um i just wanted to point out uh today uh, being November 22nd, 2021 is the 40th anniversary of the Grey Cup win of the greatest team the CFL has ever seen. Wow. And that is the 1981 yes. uh, Edmondson Eskimos, Elks, Green and Gold, whatever you want to call them. They are the number one in our hearts. Um, to give you an idea on that team, the members who are in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame on the Wall of Honor are both include Dave Cutler, Ron Este, Dave Dr. Death Fennell, Brian Fryer, Larry Highbaugh, Hank Elisic, Brian Kelly, Danny Kepley, Neil Lumsden, Warren Moon, James Quick Parker, Hector Pothier, Tommy Scott, Bill Stevenson, Tom Wilkinson, and special notice to uh, Marco Sinkar, who is on the Turf District Wall of Fame, at least in Andrew's heart. So, Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's hard to argue with that one. Uh, and something I put together a while ago, um, many people have seen the 1981 um, Red Rooster cards, mm-hmm. which was an amazing set. You can usually find it for in complete form for 40 or 50 bucks, which isn't bad for a 40-card set. And it has all the members of the team. And back then, 40 cards is a lot. So what I did is I put this together. Hopefully everyone can see it. Oh, a little yes. bit of a... Is that going to be a little easier to see? There you go. Yeah, that's good. Although it's kind of like a little depth chart there with all the positions. Uh, you've got an amazing offensive line there with Ted Million at center, Upton and Blanchard at guard, Stevenson and Pothier. Uh, quick Parker, I mean, you've got three of these four guys are in the Hall of Fame on the defensive line with David Boone, who is another outstanding guy, Potter and Towns, 
Mike wow. McLeod, Jones and Gary Hayes, Joe Holloman in the secondary. There's your guy, Waddell Smith. Just an absolutely outstanding roster. Look at player. the dew on Sincar. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's amazing. And again, have a shot. See if you can maybe track down some of those um, Red Rooster cards because that's a great little set. looks great framed. Uh, like I said, I sort of put the pictures in there, scanned them in, and printed it out. And I think uh, it's been a lot of fun. That's but, uh, awesome. I couldn't let I have the 40th those... anniversary go unmentioned. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I, I yeah, I have the Red Rooster set up on my wall too, but not the uh, not not in depth chart version like yours. Yeah, but that's uh, yeah, it's that's very cool. Cool. Thank you, Superfan. And yes, we gotta honor those special days when they are. Well, the team doesn't seem to be talking about the history these days. In fact, they're painting over it on the stadium. So <laughs> <You're> sad. <laughs> You're not bitter. Well, about that's it. another whole thing. There's that, and the, the other thing that bugs me is even where. And again, this is. I mean, this is a business piece, probably probably trumping the history size. I, I can't stand where the wall of honor is now. I mean, it's just you can't even see half the names. Yeah, down below. They're blocked out by equipment and other like it's anyway that's another big all about advertising yep yeah yeah there's got to be a way that those can become more visible and uh and put Dwayne's name on the wall for damn sake anyway hell yes that's my thing um all right well we let's do a couple of pickums for this week uh because we do have a couple of semi-final games i know we're not not, well i hear Uh, I didn't even think there was playoffs this year, but surprise, there is. Um, so like '89, there's no playoffs. That's right. yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Winnipeg loses next week, all their fans will be like, "Yeah, they canceled the Grey Cup in 2021, <laughs> just like we did when it was." Yeah. Uh, all right. So first game, Montreal versus Hamilton. This one ends up being in Hamilton because Montreal could not beat the Red Blacks. As you said, Trevor Harris loses to the Red Blacks three times this year. Uh, granted, they did decide that Standback only needed to play half a ball game and that might have caused a bit of a problem. So it could be kind of interesting going into here. So Montreal travels to the hammer for this. Uh, Doug, who you got in this game? I got to go Hamilton. I think they're a better team than their record indicates. Um, again, some off issues on offense a little bit. I mean, obviously with, I mean, it's always been all right, but I think Hamilton's a better team. And, um, I think Hamilton's going to be playing at home in a few weeks. Oh, interesting. All right. Super fan. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Uh, Hamilton, uh, certainly if you were playing that same Montreal team, you don't have a whole lot to worry about. I think once Vernon Adams Jr. went out, that sort of dynamic quarterback style disappeared. And um, yeah, I just don't see it happening for Montreal. So I'll, I'll take the Ticats to win this one and, and uh, take it to Toronto. Okay. Kamish? Oh, man. Holding the Zoli versus the Montreal. Oh, Sophie's choice. <laughs> Again, it's my head and my heart, and they're on opposite ends completely. So you're telling me Vernon Adams is not back? He's not not that we know of, no. I thought I read something today that he was possibly practicing. Maybe I'm just dreaming it up in my head. Because you're right. (laughs) It's like Holy Mazzoli, and it's like Vernon Adams, and it's like the duel of, oh. But, oh, man. Kate, Kate. I'm going to compromise and I'm going to say I'm going for Montreal, but I have a feeling that Hamilton is going to take this one. 
So are you picking Montreal or what are you doing? I'm picking both so I don't lose. Okay. <laughs> it's I a tie. If, I don't know if you know how Pick'em works. Well, but in Pick'em, you have to pick one. Wine in, I don't know what works anymore. <laughs> Tim Capper says Vernon Adams has just had his sling removed starting rehab. Oh, okay. So, oh, no, man. he's not playing. Oh. Yeah. So, so unless his yeah. rehab includes a playoff game. <laughs> could I coerce him, too? <laughs> you could try. Uh, the playoff tie. Holy so, Mazzoli, that, that's what I'll say. That's all. All right. Well, I am going I to be the... I'm- I'm going to be the difference in the bunch. I think Montreal goes into Hamilton and wins this one. I think that they use stand back the entire game and they control on offense and they find a way to win. And, and Trevor's always good for one good playoff game. <laughs> this is going to be it. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's what I think it's going to be. So, and, and that, defensive line in Montreal has become uh, quite a force and and the Hamilton offensive line is kind of hit and miss so I honestly the game could go either way but I, I'm going to pick Montreal so man you need to change my mind <laughs> too late you had you had your chance to pick <laughs> one you had your chance yeah, okay, yeah. yeah that's, that's right okay next game uh calgary rolls into the big rectangle to play the riders uh super fan where are you heading i think calgary is just rolling on a bit of momentum even with that last game and saskatchewan i think is just not as good as some people seem to think they were even outside the rectangle um but yeah, I honestly think Calgary is going to win in Regina for the first time in 50 years in a playoff yeah. game. But they've only played three games. <laughs> Twice. Uh, okay. 2007, okay. 2009. <laughs> okay. The only okay. times they've played there since 1971. But it sounds but really, it sounds way better. That's awesome. All right. Commissioner. I don't have to pick. That's what's so great. I made an oath at the beginning of the season. I will not pick Calgary. And I don't have to choose between these awful teams. Because it's made for me. Going for the riders. All right, then. Okay. I I agree with Mike. I think Calgary's just finding their groove. Um, And uh, I think Calgary moves on to, uh, to play the Bombers the next week. Doug? Uh, I'm with Kayla. I just hope they, I prefer them just to cancel the game because I just can't stand either of these two teams. But, uh, but uh, I, I think uh, Saskatchewan surprises me. I mean, they're an interesting team. I just sort of look at them and maybe the Calgary's the same. I just get a, they should be better than I feel they both are right now. So part of me, I mean, part of me thinks, hey, a 1972 rematch in Hamilton between the Riders and the Ticats might be interesting yeah. down the road. But I think Calgary wins in Regina. I just, I, and I think Calgary might beat Winnipeg. If you want to be, I, I worry really? about Winnipeg. I, I just, it's sort of, you just have one of those, I know we're not I talking about this week yet, but I worry about Winnipeg. I mean, the fact that they've been home and cooled for a while, you get the bye this week, be a lot of pressure on them. We've seen that movie more times than we'd all like to remember. I don't know. I, I, Calgary just worries me. If Mitchell gets rolling, they could be trouble. All right. All right. Fair enough. But uh, I so don't are, 
Don't get me wrong. I do not want that to happen. But. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad you put the qualifier in there. That's the hashtag at the end. Please don't get me wrong. I don't want. Yeah. Not. That's not what I want. It's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fantasy football super fan. Um, I picked up a win against Rod. Uh, you just lost to Joe last week of the Rouge, White, and Blue podcast. Um, One deck was the difference. Oh, crazy. And them Damn listing Ouellette as the starter and not playing yeah. him. That was that oh. was killer. That was killer. Uh, I was lucky that my other guys showed up to kind of balance off. But wow, that was that was brutal. Uh, now, so as it turns out, I finished in first, so I get a bye to the uh, through the quarterfinal week. Um, and you are playing Safamod this week from the yes. podcast. Uh, when you win, is that better? That's better. Okay, so when you win, then we will have a district showdown uh, in the semifinals, which means one of the district boys are going to the final. Which is going to be outstanding. Go. That's very exciting. Um, so that that's my that's my excitement part of that. Um, I want to thanks Earth again. Belt. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to have built. Um, I want to say thank you again to Ryan Coop for setting that up uh, from the Canadian Football Countdown podcast. Make sure you listen to all the shows at cfpodnetwork.ca. This episode is also brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Not national gas. Natural gas from. Uh, If you... Could be both. Uh, If you choose Park Power, you are choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference in their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local at the Alberta Podcast Network. So it's a great fit. You can learn more at parkpower.ca. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on, Doug, to uh, chat about all of this with us. I know uh, an eventful day, and we we forgot to say right off the start, uh, thank you to the Elks for doing that on a Monday morning before we record the podcast, because... Usually, that that often. yeah, uh, I was here. I was thinking, oh, we're going to record on Monday night and talk about two meaningless games, and then we're going to have to record on Tuesday night when they make some huge announcement after. But they did it this morning, so thank you for that. Appreciate it, and thank you for all of you that hung in there with us for the full time. Uh, as I know, this is going to be a bit of a longer show. Um, but Doug, uh, tell everybody where can they find you uh, on socials where they can talk uh, more elks with you and all of your knowledge. Uh, at Doug McLean 15 and McLean spelled M C L E A N. So I was have to qualify that, but yeah, yes. Doug McLean 15, if you want that and random other, you know, you, you sport football, Canada West football is done. You have to hear me rant about that and basketball is <laughs> going soon. So yeah, hey, but yeah, that's where it is. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we, we love having you on, man. And, and thank you for coming on with your insight. I, I just love it. It's fantastic. Hey, love being here. Thanks. And congrats on all the great work you all continue to do. It's, uh, and thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Super fan, where does everybody find you? Uh, so they can find me at 56 Parkies and then the history segment, uh, which is going to be both the history and some of the horde and tell stuff is at Edmonton Football History. That's at E-D-M-H-I-S-T-O-R-E-E. It sounds like a song. I swear. It does. It really does. One day. <laughs> One day. I'm excited for it. Kamish? On the Twits at Duchess Lombardi. 
And no, that is not my last name, by the way. (laughs) I actually got a Christmas card a few years ago that said Kayla Lombardi. I'm like, that's sweet, but it's so not right. (laughs) I'm honored. You should see your Packer sweep. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) That was going to be my point. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's fantastic. Uh, I I'm also kind of reeling because you call it the twits. I'm like, what? It's... Sorry. Hmm. Uh, you know what? Sometimes kind of right. That's, that's true. Right. What it is. Not even uh, sometimes. I might say most, <laughs> most times. It's a round twit. Like I'm all up in it. That's right. All right. Perfect. Uh, make sure you're following pay it forward with football, uh, because of course they are doing the stuff, a wallet initiative and, and we want to make sure that, uh, somebody, uh, gets help there through the Christmas season. So nominate people that you think could be helped and then uh, donate if you can. Um, I want you to check out uh, the bridging the gap podcast, um, where Karen and Stephanie interview people of all ages to bridge the generation gaps. Um, they actually had a 12 year old that interviewed a, 25 year old (laughs) and then they had uh the two regular hosts uh karen and stephanie who are kind of in their 50s and they interviewed a 94 year old and it's just talks about all the different generation gaps and kind of you know i have questions for why you do this and 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 then there's questions back so it's actually a really cool podcast um and you can find that and a whole bunch of other great shows on the alberta podcast network at albertapodcastnetwork.com um and of course you can join in the huddle with us at the turf district uh you can find that uh, on twitter facebook instagram anywhere that you find podcasts so uh we will be back next week and to preview the uh, west final uh we're going to welcome in Zach from the Let's Go Bombers podcast. It's a new podcast that's out uh, that I've really been enjoying. He's a, a super excited Bomber fan. And actually, as I listen to it, I remember when we started in 2015 and our team was that good and, and the excitement and you're bringing in fans and talking about how excited you are. And uh, so in five years, I'm excited for him to have a season like this and watch, see how he does. Um, where we still find the positives somehow, but, uh, we're going to bring Zach in here to, uh, to talk about podcasting and talk about his bombers as they get ready for the West final. So, uh, as always, thank you for joining us. Remember you can't catch footballs with your face and for Doug, super fan, Mike, Kayla, I'm Andrew, and we will absolutely talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF pod network on Twitter. 